Good morning. Well, that was a negative passage, wasn't it? But we're going to get some good stuff out of that, I hope. But today I want to talk to us about understanding the good news of the Bible always supersedes the bad news of the Bible. My mama came into our room one time, me and my brother shared a room. I have a, a brother, we're identical twins, and we were goofing off and playing and not going to sleep, and she said, get to bed, get, go to sleep. And she told us, she asked us this question, do you want a spanking or do you want to go to bed? So I didn't know how to answer that, so I turned to my brother, I said, James, mama's giving spankings out today or tonight, do you want one or do we want to go to bed? We thought, about, we thought about that for a minute, then all of a sudden he said, I think we'll just go to bed. We had an option. We could either get punished or we could just get a good night's sleep. Our world has changed. When I was a young man, hell was a real place. It was a place of pain and agony. And I didn't understand this place until I started going to church. I... Uh, Unlike many people, I thought I was a good person, and so I really didn't need church. But my wife, we were going together at the time, and, and she would drug me to church, and I'd hear them talk. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go to church and listen. And I listened for a while, and after a while, uh, you know, I'd been going so long, and they said, would you like to join the church? I said, well, sure, I'd like to join the church. And so I wrote my name on a card, and they put my name on the roll. I went there for a while, and then they asked me, well, would you like to... Uh, uh, work in a ministry. I said, well, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at anything, so I, I drove a church bus. Then I went to work in a nursery, and then from there I went to teaching a Sunday school class. And from there, our pastor was getting where he had beat two things, so he asked me to take over one of his jobs, so I started teaching the adult class. And I did all those things. And then finally they asked me, I was an usher, uh, everything you can think of, I was trying, I was doing in the church because I thought, well, you know, if, if I go to church and do those things, when God comes back, he's going to look back and say, well, that guy's a good guy. You know, he's been teaching the class. He's been driving a bus. He's, he's been teaching Sunday school. He, he you know, doesn't kick the dog or the cat or any of those things. He's a nice guy. And so certainly I'm going to get into heaven. I'm just going to tell God, look at my record that I have. And he's probably going to say, that's impressive. Not many people like that. That's an impressive question. You're good. And so I thought, well, that would be the thing to do. But I kept going to church. And I kept hearing our pastor talk about hell. And I thought, and he would preach about it and preach about it and try to get people to go there. I myself, I'd be sitting on the second row right there. And I thought, well, why doesn't that guy behind me go forward? I know he needs it. I'm a good guy. I'm, I go to church all the time. I don't need to to go and get saved and whatever that means because I thought I already was. I was good enough to get there. I uh, hadn't done a whole lot of bad things that I thought were bad. Some people thought they were, but I didn't think they were that bad. So my thought is I thought about what I'm going to speak today. The title of my message when I, when I first started thinking about it a couple of weeks ago was this, The Reality of Hell. And then I thought if I use that title, 50% of the crowd is going to turn me off and go to sleep. So I put it down, understanding that the good news of the Bible supersedes the bad news of the Bible. If we will do what God says, I'm not ever going to experience any of the punishment he has. So I, my thought was this, if we fail to understand the bad news, if we never understand how bad the bad news really is, we're never going to really understand how good the good news is. 
a man went to a doctor. Now, oh, this is an illustration today. Preacher's story or just an illustration. This is actually an illustration today. A man went to the doctor because he had a pain in his side. And after the x-rays and the examination and all of those things, the doctor told him he had some good news and some bad news, which he didn't want first. And the guy looked and said, well, give me the bad news first. And the doctor said, well, you have a cancer and it's going to kill you. And just hearing those words, his mind went to the thought, oh, what about my wife? What about my kids? What are... What, what are they going to do if I'm gone? How am I going to, what are they going to, how are they going to make it? I, I mean, what's going to happen to them? So he looked at the doctor and said, and barely able to speak, what could be any good news after news that you've just given me like that? And the doctor replied, I can remove that surgery or that cancer with surgery if you're willing to have it done. And the man got elated. He said, well, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to, I want to be cured. That's what God says. He says, each one of us were born with a cancer. The cookie out of the cookie jar. My cancer was when I was born, not when I first stole the cookie out of the cookie jar. Mama told me not to get one. When I was born, the Bible says that I was born a sinner. And everybody in this room, you know, nobody's better than anybody else. Everybody's equal at the cross. And so when I became born, I became a sinner, and I was raised a sinner in a sinner's home. My mom and dad were both, for a while there, my dad was a deacon at the Calvary Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. My mom taught Sunday school and RAs and GAs and all those things. And, and man, they taught us, we was in Sunday school and church all the time. We'd go on visitation some Saturdays. It was, it was crazy. And then their work got them out of, he was a pipeliner, so he was always all over the world, all over the United States anyway, traveling and doing pipelines and things. Got away from the Lord. But you know, even... And I thought, well, boy, my parents were good parents. And then I got to thinking as I heard the, the gospel, my parents were good parents, but they were still sinners. Do you know you can be good? Be thought of, you can be on the who's who's list in your city. And I don't know this, and this is just an illustration. I don't know who the mayor is. And he's probably a great person and a good person, but our mayor, whoever he is, and you are too, we're all sinners. And so congratulations, at least you caught up with the rest of us. So this morning I want to talk about that. And the first thought I had was this. If we're going to understand the good news, we're going to have to understand, point one is understanding the bad news of the Bible. Learning about the bad news of the Bible actually saved my life. When I heard that, uh, that if you sin, you're going to die, and God hates sin, and so he, he is so righteous. I'm not used to people keeping the word. Are you I mean, keeping it to the, to the nth degree. My mama used to tell me all the time, if you don't come in the house, you're going to get a spanking. Well, I wouldn't come in the house. I guess I was going to test her resolve. And then she would tell me again, you better come in the house, you're going to get a spanking. I didn't pay in the house, or you're going to get a spanking. She really didn't mean it. Third time, she'd say, you come in this house, or you're going to get a spanking. I'm just grinning away from her, not letting her see me grin. That's scary. Until she said these words. If you come in the house, I'm telling your dad when he gets home. Well, then I knew she was serious, so I would pick up my toys and we'd go in the house. We're not used to people telling us stuff and really keeping their word when they say it. But I'm, the problem is I think we've got a problem with God because he has written his word, given it his word, and yet sometimes we don't obey it because we think 
Well, he's probably like the rest of us. He probably doesn't really mean it. He's probably just trying to get us scared. He's probably trying to get us just to obey him. And so he's saying those things just to scare us. He doesn't really mean it. But you know, my Bible says that God is truth and always speaks truth. His ways are right. And so we have to be careful how we respond to his word. When you come to realize that God's righteousness says he's going to do, hates with a passion the unrighteous. And what he says he's going to do to those who refuse to come to him in Christ and those will not re and refuse to turn from their sin. And here's what happened to me at the going stage. That scared the hell out of me. When I realized that God actually meant that if I did not repent of my sins and turn to him and come to faith in him, that I was going to die and spend an eternity in a place that wasn't created for me or for you either. The Bible says it was created for the devil and his angels. That's who it was, it was meant for, but sinners kept people... His creator kept turning from him and refusing him that I believe he had to enlarge hell to fit the people that are going there. The Bible says that there's a narrow way that leads to righteousness and a wide way that leads to destruction. You know what that tells me? Lots of people don't believe God. Lots of people turn from God. Lots of people refuse him. I wrote to say, when you hear the word hell, what response comes to your mind? Now, a lady thought, not a lady, but a person told me, and going, so I can't go to hell. And I said, well, I can't, because I'd already been saved at that time, and I knew I wasn't going, so I can't go. I'm just not going because I can't go, because God saved me. I heard people say, we don't hear much about hell anymore. But just because we don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's still not in effect. It's as still hot today as it was the day that God created it. Heaven is as sweet as it's always been, and Jesus still saves. Jesus can save your soul if you come to him through faith. Not coming to church doesn't save people. Reading your Bible doesn't save people. Coming to Christ Jesus, confessing to him, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior or I'm going to die. He will write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lots of pulpits talk about the gifts of God and how God wants to give to you and bless you. And, and I actually am that type of a guy. Actually, that's just what I believe God wants to do. He wants to bless you in such a way that, it would, that the Bible says it will boggle your mind, that you can't even comprehend the things that God wants to do for you. But he also wants, he will feel you, also wants to, you to come to him in faith and trust him for your life. He will fill your life with joy, with his, with his goodness and with his abundance. But before you can really grasp the goodness of the good news, we have to get an understanding of just how bad this bad news really is. Matthew 13 and, 20 and 42 says this, And he shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 41, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Revelations 21 and 8, But the fearful, now that word fearful means those that are too scared to confess Christ. They might want to be saved, they might want to go to heaven, but they're just afraid because of the crowd they run in, the society they're in, they just can't, they can't get across there because they're friends. I, when I was at the Temple Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas, we, had a, we did a revival one night, and the pastor was preaching, and, and he was the type of preacher that actually, if you came down and raised your hand about wanting to go to heaven, Teddy one day, would you have to go to about it? And he told us one day, he went down there, a, man, a kid raised his hand one day, would you have to go to heaven? Would you come and confess Christ? He says, no. And his friend was with him. 
And he said, would you like to confess Christ? He says, no. He said, why don't you want to go to heaven? He said, well, Jimmy's not going, and I want to go where Jimmy goes. That's ludicrous. Why would you want to go where your, bro- your friend is going if he's going to go to an awful place? The Bible says that without, without Jesus Christ, we're all doomed there. But it says, but the fearful, those that are afraid, and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars, so that got all of us, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. It says, this is the second death. And Tab just read Revelations 20, 11 through 15 about how God was going to cast, get everybody there at the great white throne and those will be, and no Christian will be there, just to let you know that we're not going to be at the great white throne judgment. So every good, let's, let's just try to get there by their good works. And he's going he's gonna to say, well, good, let's, let's judge your good works. Let's just get it out and see how you're doing. God said, well, I went to church. So you said, that ain't good enough. God said, that ain't good enough. Well, I tithed. That's not good enough. Well, I preached. I preached. I was a preacher. That's not good enough. You see, nothing, you can't, the Bible says there's no good thing you can do to get to heaven. That's how bad it is. We think if we just be good, we get to go to heaven. No, if we be good, they'll put you on the church roll and they'll give you something to do. But that's going to get you to heaven. God's the only way to heaven. Would you go along as, as, with all that statement? I wrote this out. The Bible makes it very clear this morning that while we're enjoying sitting here, we're enjoying here, and I was, I was meeting some folks, met a new young man back there on the back row, and talked to some folks. I enjoy friendships here. We haven't been here that long, but I'm telling you, if you're new to First Baptist, this is one of the most friendly churches I've ever been in. A friend of mine went to Joel Osteen's church in Odessa, and he said, we sat in the balcony. He said, no one talked to us. I said, that, that is hard to believe. You've got to be careful because even this, no one said hello, no one said anything. You can't come in here. That won't happen to you. You've got to be careful because they'll be kissing you. They'll be kissing you on the cheek. They'll be, kiss, they'll be shaking your hand and tell you how good they are. They'll just keep shaking. I, that's the reason we started coming here. This is a friendly church. But we, we sit here this morning amongst friends, amongst good people. We enjoy deceiving the crazy. We're all about the Lord and what he has done. But do you know why we're sitting here enjoying all of that? There's a place where those who died unsaved are being tormented. Day and night, the Bible says. Never to get out. It's a place where God's grace never reaches. It doesn't have an exit door. It doesn't have a way to get out. You can't earn so many merits and get out of the place and say, well, if I do this, this, and this, I'll earn enough. No, you can't get out. You can't be prayed out. And I know hell's not a popular subject, but it's a necessary subject in our day and time. I won't end on that. Kidding. We talk about good things. You know, if you just talked about how God's going to bless you, I won't end on that. But if I don't get in on it, I, you know, I'm satisfied not having a uh, Mercedes Benz. I drive an old Ford pickup, but it gets me where I want to go. But I don't want to go where I'm tormented every day. Uh, I, my sister-in-law is probably watching this, so I'll just say it. You know, uh, she torments me a lot. So I try not to spend a, all my time at her house. Somebody's probably going to say, well, I don't like people talking about hell. And you know what? I don't like it either. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But if we're going to be true to the gospel, if we're going to be true to what Jesus says and why Jesus actually came to die, we're going to have to include hell as one of the subjects. Can you imagine just how awful hell must be 
if God allowed Jesus, his only begotten son, the one he loved so much, the Bible says, how awful hell must be if he would allow him to come and die. Thorns on his head. Spear in his side. Thorns on his head. Mocked, ridiculed, spit on. In agony. How awful hell must be if he would allow his only begotten son to come and to suffer for you. Suffer all of that just for you. To keep you out of that place where you would never suffer, where you, you would never have to go in the pain and the sorrow. Can you imagine how awful it must be if he was willing to do that just for you? People mistakenly ask, how can a loving God send people to such an awful place? Can I tell you this? God doesn't send anyone to hell. He wants to keep you out of hell. He's done everything. He sent his son. He's, he's, he's built churches all over the world the, preaching the gospel that says that if you will come to faith in Christ, you will be saved and your life will be forever changed. Every road stop he can, the book of life, and you will never have to worry about it. He's trying, he's put every road stop he can, but people still go there. How can God send people to such an awful place if he never sends anybody there? They go by the choices they make. You see, those people in hell today, God tried to, to win them over to him. He sent the prophets, he, he wrote a Bible, he put a TV screen, he's got a computer, he's done everything he can to get the good news of the gospel out and yet people still hear it and they still ignore it. They ignore God's salvation gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but could have everlasting life. That's what God wants. The Bible says if you were the only person on earth, God would want to spend eternity just with you. Can you imagine that? I tell people all the time, my wife doesn't even want to do that. She likes to be apart from me a lot. People go there because they refuse love offer to them through Jesus Christ. In Luke 16, hell was such an awful place that when a man went there, he began to cry out, please, somebody, just, somebody, would you just go dip the tip of your finger in water and come touch my tongue because I'm in torment in this place. And the Bible says he was a rich man, so he evidently in his lifetime had a lot of good things. Probably lived in a nice home, had nice clothes, uh, drive, drove a nice chariot or rode a good camel. Thoroughbred camel, I guess they did. He had all of those things. And yet the Bible says in his death he was in torment. Why? Because hell is a place where no one would ever want to go. And it's been 2,000 years since he uttered those words. And, I, and my thought came to this. He's no closer to getting closer to ending his sentence than he was from the day he went in. He's been there 2,000 years. He hasn't even begun. So every unsafe, the torment of hell is forever. See, the bad news of the Bible is that every unsafe person, every unsafe person will spend an eternity in hell. If you're a church member and you're unsaved, you will spend eternity in hell. You'll stand before God and Jesus will say, depart from me because I never knew you. But Lord, don't you understand? We did 
We, we prophesied in thy name. We did many good works in your name. Lord, we did all this in your name. He said, but you depart from me because you're going trying to get there by how, what you do. And you can't get there except for what I do. And he kept it as a free gift. Proverbs 9 and 17 said, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Understanding the bad news makes the good news of the, the Bible so mind-boggling. And it's, it's gonna, I wrote this down. If you're willing... If you're willing to make that, if you will make it, you're going to be singing. You're going to be shout, shout, shouting. You're going to be sing, sing, singing. Praise the Lord. If you make a decision, if you're here today and you thought, well, I went to church as a little kid and I grew up, come to personal relationship. And I've, I've, I've been in church all my life, but the, the, the question is, have you come to personal relationship with Jesus Christ in your life? So the second point is this, understanding the good news of the Bible. Understanding the good news. Eternal death has been defeated. Receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior guarantees you a place in heaven. He said he writes your name. In that verse he said, I will write your name in my book of life. And he doesn't have it erased because I believe the ink used to write your name in the book of life was the blood of Jesus Christ. And it will never be erased what he has done for you. I never thought of myself as being a bad person until I understood. The promise is this, if I will confess sin. And sin made me unacceptable to God. But God's promise is this. If I will confess my sins and be, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If I will just confess him and accept him, he will do that. The, the promise of the good news, the Bible is for everyone and everyone outside these walls were condemned to spend an eternity in hell crying out for help. But that's not the case with those of us who have personally asked Jesus Christ to come into the heart. We have a new life. Those that say by grace come here this morning to sing and to shout, praise the Lord. You know why we're here this morning? Because he wrote our name. If you're a believer, he wrote your name in his book. And I'm here to thank him. I will never suffer, ever. I will never, ever suffer for what he, for hell. I will never go there. And I, as I told you while ago, people have told me to go there. I can't go there because he is surrounded me and he has placed the Holy Spirit in my life and I can't go there. We're here with hearts filled with joy in the promises of the Lord. And just a personal illustration about how, how that can lift you up. If my sister-in-law is watching this morning and I, if, if she's awake, they're going to try to get her to. I wrote down, my sister-in-law's at home watching this service on Facebook. The reason she's not here today is because she's dying. But when I walked into her day, the hospice lady said, I don't know if she'll make it past the day. But when I walked into her house the other day, my wife and her were sort of giggling, and I thought, what are y'all giggling about? And here's her response. And Claudia said, oh, nothing. We're just planning my funeral service. And I thought, you're giggling? She said, it's going to be a wonderful time. I'm going to be in heaven. I'm going to see my son that's died. I'm going to see my sister. My I'm going to see the Lord. He said, I, he said, I can't wait. Matter of fact, one... A couple weeks ago, she just about died, and we called the ambulance, because we didn't know what to do. We called the ambulance. The ambulance comes out there, and they revive her. Soon as she could get her senses about her, she chewed us out. <laughs> what do you mean calling the ambulance? I told you not to call the ambulance. I signed one of those papers where you do not resuscitate. How come you did that? I wanted to go to heaven, and you didn't let me go. I remember uh, Ken Rogers. We were visiting him one day said, Ken, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm trying to die. Uh, Ken, 
I'm trying to die. I just don't know how. I've never done it before. <laughs> you know, to a believer, going to heaven's the greatest thing we can think of. And we want to go there. There was a song, we want to go there. So my thought is this. The good news of the Bible is if you're willing to, to ask Jesus to forgive you for sin, offering to you through a personal relationship through Jesus Christ, he's going to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Wouldn't it be wonderful when you get to heaven and that your name is in that book and it's going to be for, there for permanent? No matter what you say, well, I'm still a sinner. Yeah, here's what he means. We don't, we're still in the sin body. What Jesus means is I don't love to sin. You know, I used to go to some bars and enjoyed it. Man, I did. I just enjoyed it. I got saved, and I hate going there. I hate the thought of going there. I remember how I used to be. That's what I think it keeps me on the straight and narrow. I remember what I used to be. I'll open the windows of heaven to have and what I used to be offered, and now I'm on this side where God says that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that I'd have not room enough to receive everything he promised to give me, and on this side is him. And I have a hope of living forever in heaven because of what he has done. I wish I'd have got saved when I was six months old or a year old or a day old. That's what I wanted to do. The good news of the Bible is if you come to faith in Christ, God will open up the, the, his blessings to you, open up heaven to you. doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Yeah, but you don't understand what I've done, Johnny. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do with him what you are going to do with him when he comes. So my third point and last point is this, because Betsy told me if I go over, I am a dead duck. I'm almost, she promised to send me to heaven. Because where you spend eternity depends on your decision. You know what they always said? The ball's in your court. You, and now we have to make, there's a good place, a bad place called hell and a good place called heaven. And now we have to make the choice how we're going to get there. And here's the thing about it. God's already set the rules. He, he created heaven and he, he owns heaven so he gets to set the rules about who gets to go to heaven. And he said, everybody that'll come, my, I, I killed my son for you and I want you to have faith that his death will make you right with me and you'll go to heaven. So I don't have to work my way to heaven. I don't have to be good enough to go to heaven. I don't have to do enough to go to heaven. All I have to do is receive a free gift that he offers me. You know why? Because the Bible said that he loves you. He loves you so much that he let his son be tortured just for you. That's amazing what he will do. Going to church will not get you into heaven. Being kind to others won't get you heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says this, that it, when Jesus says that, that we are a new creature in Christ, old things are passed, your old life, you, all things become new. How do you know if you're saved? That you're saved if you know that you realize that old, your old life, you have nothing more to do with it. I don't want anything to do with that life I had before. It repulsed me to me, and I listened. But now I'm a child of the king, and it repulses me sometimes how I treat the Savior. Sometimes I don't treat him right. He's done so much for me. He saved me from a, a dying hell. And yet he loves me so much that he died just for me. John 3 and 36 says this. I don't know if it's on your screen. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. 
is to get that. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. I believe in him. But the second part, he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Those who refuse Christ, the wrath of God will be upon you. There's benefits to turning away from your sin and turning to Jesus. First of all, old song, Lord will be your friend. I like that song. I know it's an old song, but I like it. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins to bear. I'm so thankful that he bore them on the cross that I won't have to bear them myself. God's favor will be on your life. See, you might be saying, well, I, I have these opportunities. I have things that I can do, but I don't have the education. I don't have the resources. I don't, I don't know enough people. I don't know the right type of people. You know what? That's okay because the favor of God, when you get saved, the favor of God will be on your life. He will come into you and be with you. In Revelations 3 and 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Here's the choice. You can either not open the door or you can open it up and let him in. That's all he asks you to do. He doesn't ask you to be perfect. He doesn't ask you to do backflips. He just asks you to come to him in faith. Turn your life and direct you. That's what he wants to do. So I've got four minutes. I want to make sure I'm going to put the clock back there just for me, I think. Let me ask you a question. Have you already made As I look, thought about Christ, can you imagine what it's going to be like as I look, thought about Claudia, the last breath that she's going to have on this planet? It's going to be surrounded by her sister and her son and daughter-in-law are there. There's a hospice lady there, and if I make it home, I haven't got a text yet. If I make it home, I'm going to be crucified with her. And you know what we're going to miss? We're going to miss the angels that are going to be in that room. The Bible says that the angels will come and they will escort her. I'm sure they're going to say, Claudia, wouldn't you like, is it time you're ready to go? And Claudia's going to say, well, this is just me talking. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. She is ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. She's not worried. She's not scared. She's not depressed. You know why? Because the joy of the Lord is her strength. That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to give you the joy of the Lord. Whatever problems you walk through or whatever you face in life, you can walk through it knowing that he will be with you forever. That's what he wants to do. Well, we've got three minutes now. And we're going to pray. And I think we're going to do some music or something, I think. So if you bow your head with me, we're just going to pray for a moment. I don't know how it is with you. I don't know what decisions you've made. You may have come here thinking, well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go because I'm a charter member of First Baptist Church or, or my parents were here. Well, I know I'm going to heaven because my mama said I was a good person and so I'm going to go to heaven. But you see, you have to make it. It's got to be personal with you. It can't be between you and your grandma and God. Do I, you and your dad and God. It's got to be between you and God. You've got to decide yourself. Do I want to receive him and change my life and let him do his miracle work in me to take me to heaven? Listen, when somebody stands at 
at your bedside and you're just about to die, will you die with the joy of the Lord? That's what God wants to give you today. He's promised that if you'll come to him, he'll in no wise cast you out. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to, if you want to know more about the Lord, you can, or if you just want to come and pray and thank God that your name is in that book, whatever you need to do today, you know what you need, and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you that you're a God of your word. Thank you that you love us so much that you allowed your son to be beaten and beyond recognition, the Bible says, because of my sin. I'm the sinner. I'm to be the one that had to make the payment, but you made the payment for me, for us, that we might, might. I know it's not a sin. And so, Father, help us to take this very seriously. I know it's not a, an easy subject, and it's not a subject people want to hear, but it's a, it has to be preached if we're going to preach the whole Bible. So, Lord, if there's somebody out there today that needs Jesus, I pray that you would have them come confess you as their Lord and Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen.